This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. It's good to be back. Brandon, how are you? Happy New Year, Josh. Happy New Year, cheaters. It's 2018. I do feel like we were dead at one point over the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah. But we're back. We're back and we're alive. Yeah, we took kind of an extended break. I actually, I, I, I was personally a little close to death, I think, at one point in the last. I, I had the worst, Not, and I'm not going to get any kind of detail here, but I had the worst stomach bug the last eight days. I'm, I'm just like, I'm just now like able to like go out in the light again. Um, and even now I'm not like a hundred percent, but I, it was, you know, sometimes you get sick and it's like, you're sitting on the couch watching Harry Potter movies, you know, with like a, <laughs> like an Afghan, like pulled up, you know, um, the man, you're, are you, t- are you, are you saying that the magic of the FA cup is like a Harry Potter movie just right. with all the magic? Yeah, exactly. You're just watching, uh, not in forest, uh, play Arsenal or whatever. No, but sometimes you're just like, you know, you're just watching like dumb movies and it's great. And like, you're drinking like cocoa or whatever, like just trying to get uh-huh. healthy or tea with honey, let's say. Yeah. Uh, and then other times you're sick and you are laying on your bed, like on your back, looking up, like just looking up, like all you're doing, you're not even sleeping. <laughs> you're just sitting there for like six hours and you don't even have a thought in your head. You're just, you're just like, I, all you can think about is how bad you feel. And that was me this Saturday. Uh, that was also me on Tuesday. I had like I like backslid. I've never like backslid on a cold before. Wow, are you uh, are you going to yeah. blame your your FPL decisions on this <laughs> illness, Josh? No, no, I'm not going. I'm not going down that road. I, <laughs> I'm tempted to, uh, but this all happened after I'd made all my my transfers. I wish I could blame it on this. And maybe I was <laughs> already right. starting to feel the effects. Uh, so yeah, I and you know, so apologies to anyone who. Who uh, you know on the on the Slack and on, on Twitter and Facebook and um, I, I'm sort of the primary uh, talker on those forums and I, I basically just had to walk away for a few days because I was I was just so uh, so out of it. Um, but thankfully, it was an FA Cup weekend. It was a, it was a bit not a bad FA Cup weekend, I suppose. Some no, there were a lot of happens. fun games out there, yeah, and, and there were yeah. some real FPL assets that were doing their sure. thing. Talk about Van Dyke, and yeah, and we're going to answer a few questions about Jesse Lingard coming up, who's yep. who's still striking like 
peaches, pure yeah, peaches. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah. So I, I guess it's actually been about two weeks since we recorded. Uh, everything is good with you, Brandon. What's what's up with you? So I, I need to talk to our listeners here for a second. Feel free to turn off your microphone, Josh. Sure, um, I'm just going to I'm just I'm isolate the lane for me and, I, and I'm going to go dunk here. Um, my team name, as you all know, my team name in FPL is now the Flint City Patriots. Uh, thanks to our great listener, Jet, who was a wonderful starting 11 opponent. Now, the deal was is Jet got to rename my team. He went Flint City Patriots just through the end of 2017. So here we are. It's 2018 and I need a new team name. And Josh, you've said this a few things on the pod. I'm, I'm kind of boring when it comes to my team names. The BK Broilers have been my team basically every year since we've been playing, right. save last year when I had my homage to the Great Great British Bake Off, <laughs> Ian's right. Baked Alaska. Right, right. Um, so I'm going to put it out to our listeners. There's no competition you have to enter. All you have to do is tweet at us, at Hail Cheaters. Hit us up with your ideas for what my new team name should be going into 2018, going into Game Week 23, and I'm just going to pick my favorite one. Now, okay. If if you're a listener of the pod, you know what I like, you know what I don't like, um, and maybe it's just something that has nothing to do with me. It's what you like, but if I sure. like it, it's going to be my team name. So I'm putting it out there. Tweet at us, and uh, and we'll see what happens. So I'll, All right, we'll we'll collect those and then post them somewhere. Uh, I like it. Okay, that sounds good. Although I, I think Flint City Patriots, maybe people are just going to vote for you to keep that because that is a that's a very solid team name. It is a solid team name, and it's done me well. Uh, my December run was my best of the season. Yeah. Uh, well, one of just, the best of your, of your FPL time, I would say. I mean, you, you had an, ex- I mean, our fortunes could not have swapped more. I mean, everything went wrong as everything went right for you. And, uh, I don't really want to talk about my, my fixed, my festive fixture run at all. Uh, other than I'll say that I dropped about a hundred thousand spots. I'm 128 K in the world after getting into the top 20 K um, every move I made uh, backfired catastrophically. Every move you made. <laughs> uh, I don't. Know, I just. I was very negative in the last podcast. I'm not going to be negative now. It. It was about as close as I've ever come to just quitting. I will say that much. I had a moment like two weeks ago where I thought, you know what? I just don't need this at all. You know. Uh, I think you and I actually talked about that. Like the felt the fact like the festive fixtures were almost too much. I think this year it was. They were, <laughs> they, almost they were too very many. trolly this year. I yeah, thought. Yeah, they were very trolly, and you know, with everything things being even more compressed because you know the World Cup is coming up, and so they had to fit even more fixtures in this window. It was just as an FA, you know. If you were a manager and your moves didn't work out, it was just like unrelenting torture. Uh, yeah. was sort of how I felt, and and I just thought, you know, why am I so miserable? And so anyway, I, I kind of came out the other side, and now I'm just going to have like I have more perspective on things. Well, um, here like, this will a reminder that it's just a game, right? I mean, it's a game that we take seriously, and we have a podcast about it. But ultimately, like I have your real life, right? <laughs> like a like proper life with like yeah. work and family and friends, and yeah. then I have this game that I enjoy and. <laughs> I still enjoy the game. Uh, so, you know, whatever. It's not that it's not even that bad of a season. 128K is perfectly yeah. fine. I can still come back from that. It, um, it was it was yeah. a huge December for me, uh, not just with my FPL our team and our mini leagues, but I actually went as far in the FPL Cup as I ever have. I actually just lost in game week 22 by two points to this guy. It's not he's not necessarily on a dead team, but he just didn't set his team. And I lost by two points. He had Captain Mo Salah, but he vice captained Harry Kane. So mm. the Harry Kane double 
on the captaincy, even though he did nothing, put uh, my opponent <laughs> over me by two points. Yeah. There I am, bumped out of the cup. So what was me? It was amazing. I mean, this double game week was set up to reward serious FBL managers, right? Like with that one day turnaround between fixtures, like you had to you had to set your team, you had to make your transfer, you had to be all set up. You know, if if you are if you aren't taking the game that seriously, like this is when you were going to fall back, and then it turned out to be completely irrelevant. Like basically, no one delivered for uh, for West Ham outside of. Uh, uh, outside of Andy Carroll, right, who you, who, you, who no one really wanted to bring in because he wasn't going to start both games, right? Like, I don't want to burn a transfer on Andy Carroll just for the home match against West Brom. Um, I mean, if you did, like, bravo. But, like, yeah. you know, it was two second-half goals. It was you, you're telling me you didn't think for a second to bring in Pedro Obiang? <laughs> exactly, Obiang. <laughs> uh, I did bring Masawaku, which I, I almost, like, lucked into a, a sneaky clean sheet in the— in the Spurs game, that was that was a little bit of a heartbreaker actually to lose that one. Yeah, uh, it would be. I yeah, mean, Mosuaku yeah. looks great. I, I mean, I'm not yeah. sure. And and we are going to talk about how to steer out of this this sort of sure. tragic double game sure. week. But um, if he didn't play for West Ham, maybe Mosuaku would be one just to hang on to. Well, I'm I'm not like dying to drop him, right? I mean, you know, we'll get to this in a minute. But you know, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, Brighton in his next four. I mean. It's possible to keep two clean sheets in four of those, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they almost got a clean sheet at Wembley, so I, I don't know. It's I don't really I I don't have a read on this West Ham defense right now. Like, are they are they bad or are they really bad? I can't decide. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to say one quick thing to hopefully just like further cheer you up, Josh. Um, sure. You mentioned this at the start. We talked about it a little bit last week. As is, is my fortune goes this way, your, yours goes that way. And I said uh, last pod, why can't we just have a point in which we both win? And guess right. what? Through through twenty two game weeks, I have one thousand two hundred and fifty three points. Josh. You also have 1,253 points. Is that coincidence or is that just because we do a weekly fantasy pod together? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That is interesting, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that true? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're on the same points. I think I'm just ahead of you in overall rank. I'm at 128, 281. And I think that might be because I've made one or two fewer transfers than you. Okay, gotcha. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, and we're actually tied in our head-to-head too because we started that. Uh, uh, we started that a game week. We started it in game week two, right? So I think we're tied eleven each in that as well. So no, we're not tied. I'm actually up on you by by three points in our head-to-head. <laughs> oh, sorry, oh, okay. sorry, I'm sorry to bring you back <laughs> no, down to earth. No, that's that's fine. <laughs> I can handle it. <laughs> now I know, I know because I I know you're probably saying we're tied because if push comes to shove at the end of this season, you're going to pull the card that we started a week late and you steamrolled me in game week one. And, well, and that's sort I, of a, a ghost three pointer for you. I may have to, but let's let's. I think we actually. I just said it early on this season. I think I said uh, it's overall points, not points since game week two that we would use as our tiebreaker. So okay, okay, I think you agreed yep. to this as well. Yeah, uh, I, I did. Yes, yeah, go so back I'll, into I'll, the record. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was it was a long holiday fix. We have a question here from uh, from uh, M Bison. He says, uh, "What's what is the biggest lesson you've learned from the first twenty two game weeks of the season?" Uh, I'm looking for something that would be particularly useful and condu- conducive to a big fat slice of points uh, as we approach the business end of the season. Yeah, that that's really the 
the great question that we're all here for, right? Like, what what can I do? And right. there people some, downloaded this podcast, Brandon. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're waiting to hear your answer. <laughs> there were a few other questions out there that um, I didn't what wasn't able to slot into the running order, but we're we're kind of even though we're a couple game weeks beyond the midpoint of the season, people are still out there saying, okay. We're halfway through the season, and I'm 100, 200 points behind my mini-league leader. Is there any hope for me to catch up? What should my goals be for the end of the season? Should I just focus on head-to-head, or or is there still a a chance for me to make up that ground? I mean, I made up 90 points on you, Josh. I mean, we're we're still trailing in our money league, but we'd consider each other... uh, pretty formidable rivals. I made up 90 points on you in the span of a month. So I think we're still a long ways out from the end game. I think there's a lot yeah. of time for people to I, right I think the ship. What you just said, I think Ken said is you, you maybe you have to find like find a mini rivalry within your league or, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, you can start a league at any point, you know, so you could start, you know, we have a second half league that we started for Patreon supporters. If you wanted, you and a friend can start a league that just starts in game week 23, right? Like just a brand new league. All your points just start fresh starting in game week 23. Maybe you just cut bait entirely. I mean, I, can you make up 100 points? For sure. Uh, 200, I don't think you could because anyone who's up 200 points on you is probably a very good manager. Sure, they're, they're uh, probably going yeah. to at least make half the like genius moves that you would have to also make to catch right. them. Exactly. I mean, that was why it was, you know, uh, we have a couple managers in our league right now who are doing extremely well. And, you know, something like a son's goal at the end of, uh, at the end of the double game week was such a, like a body blow for me because uh, I had Masawaku and they both have son. And so it was effectively a 12 point swing, you know, in the final five minutes of a, of a game week. Um, and it's just like, wow, that's just 12 more points to make up. You know, it's just that it just gets that much harder. Uh, I'm really thinking I'm sort of I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards like focusing on the head to head a little more. OK, so we've got. OK, so here's here's one takeaway is that if you've held on to all your chips um, and, you know, and you still haven't played your wild card, we've got 16 weeks left in the season. Uh, I'm not planning to use my wild card uh, going into this game week. Right. Or any of my mm-hmm. chips. So after that, we've got 15 game weeks left. Right. Yeah. Um, Four of those 15 game weeks are chip game weeks, right? Yep. Um, it's, you know, it's, what is it, like 28%? Um, you know, if you include this, this upcoming game week, it's 25%, right? Four out of 16 game weeks, um, you've got a chip to use. There's lots of opportunities to to make up points. And, you know, you just have to be a little more strategic. I, I would advocate for an early wild card if you're down a lot. I think it makes sense to... Um, I would wait until the, all the transfers are over. But, you know, let's say Alexis Sanchez goes to Arsenal. Um, maybe, maybe Or Man City. <laughs> He's already <laughs> right. at Arsenal. <laughs> right. Sorry. Of course, Man City. Uh, maybe, you, maybe you look at, you know, a really just an aggressive San- Sanchez transfer, transfer right? Yeah. Um, or, or maybe you go the other way, right? And you go all in on, uh, I don't know, who's even, who's even going to score in Arsenal if, if he goes, like, Mesut Ozil or something. Um, you know, but like, yeah, I, I do think you have to, um, you have to cover yourself. You have to have people like Mo Salah and Harry Kane, maybe not even Harry. Well, I think probably Harry Kane, right? I think he's earned that. I mean, back to back hat tricks, like he's probably earned. Yeah. I don't think we want to go status. down that road, Josh. Harry, I think we, <laughs> I don't know that pods <laughs> yeah. have to be branded in this way, but this is a pro Harry Kane podcast. Right. Okay. So let's say outside of Salah and Kane, are there two players that you absolutely have to have in your team in order to stay competitive? 
I I generally don't. Well, Sterling, I think Raheem Sterling has mm-hmm. to go into that conversation. Yeah, for now. And that's, well, for now. Yeah. Uh, you could say for now, but he's been doing what he's been doing for like what? I like say for two now because now? I, I just say for now because if Sanchez goes to City, I I, I think you'll have to reevaluate. Sterling a little bit. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to talk quite a bit about what these what these already made transfer moves in the window right. will have yeah, on our, our teams, true. and yeah, and, yeah. and uh, what the hypothetical ones might might do as well. So we'll talk. Right. Let's let's say that Sanchez talk for a little bit later. But I do agree with you. And just uh, to cap M Bison's question here, looking yeah, looking to cover yourself, but also you're just going to need to get a differential. And this is yeah. the point at which teams in the league are getting reshuffled and there will be new star players that are going to come right. to light in all likelihood. Exactly. If you're starting 11 it features nine out of the same 11 players or 10 of the same 11 players as the manager has never won in your mini league, you can't, you can't ever take them. Uh, so focus on the players that are essential that you need to have um, and then try to get differentials elsewhere. You know, I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, there's a ton of players who there's more, there are more scoring players out there that you can realistically have in your team. Um, so even though it may not seem that way because the group think makes it seem like you have to have X, Y, and Z, um, it's really, it's really not that way. So, um, yeah, and you can't get it all back in one game week either. That's, I think, an important thing to remember. It's got to... Patience, patience, yeah, grasshopper. exactly. 10, 10 points a game week, right? That just, you know, 10 points here, 10 points there. Um, that, that would be more than enough to, to pick up the ground. Speaking of patience, Josh, I'm going to segue into the always cheating Super League because last week... The top 10 had to wait for their mention. We skipped the top 10 last week. Here we are going to run through top 10 of the Always Cheating Super League after game week 22. From 10th place, Clichy's Clean Sheets, Fabio Borges slipping down the ranks. Come on, Fabio, get it together. (laughs) Ninth place, Scorpions. That's Leopoli. Wow, what a name. Leopoliol. Like, I really apologize, man. But Scorpions is right there in ninth place. Eighth place, heating up Aaron Matheson. Seventh place, Joe Stone. Joe Stone uh, mentioned us on social media saying he finally cracked. cracked. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, that was one for you. He cracked the top ten. <laughs> Joe, Joe cracked the top ten last week, missed his mention. So here it is. Joe actually stayed in the top ten to make, be sure he got his pod mention. And I love this team name, Fuchs Ake Ayu Blind. Uh, beautiful poetry right there. Sixth place, Gamchester United, Graham McDonald's squad. Fifth place, Bobby, Bob Fascio, Abdul Hussoun. Fourth place, football friend FC, Nick Tudhope. Third place, Marco Reigns squad, The Art of the Dive. Second place, Crazy Coutinho, Prakar Patel, who slipped from first place last week. And number one after game week 22, it's Andrew Ferguson's two girls, one schlup. Andrew right now is 78th overall in the world wow. with 1,411 points. Good on you, Andrew. Josh, is it too late to join the Super League? It is not too late to join the Super League, Brandon. Anybody can do it. It's free to do. Just go to alwayscheating.com. Uh, you can also find Super League, uh, you know, law links, an auto links. If that's, I think that's the right term. Uh, yeah, if you're our, too lazy uh, to, to to type in the <laughs> type uh, code, in you, we got a link. We got an auto join button right there for you at alwayscheating.com. 
Exactly. It's out there on our Twitter page and our Facebook page. Uh, you can also join our second half league, which is exclusive to our Patreon supporters. And, you know, we jo- we have a ton of Patreon supporters that joined in December. We actually have uh, even more that have joined in January. And so we need to properly thank them on the podcast. Um, so maybe at the end of an upcoming podcast, we're just going to like just, you know, so, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to listen in at the end of the podcast and just and just pay <laughs> tribute to all of the. How about uh, we just have all of fifty of them on the podcast at once, and, and we can all just sort just of like all talk at once, like maybe all talk out loud, like <laughs> like like thirty Helens agree from uh, <laughs> from uh, kids in the hall, kids in the hall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> great, great sketch. <laughs> Yep. So they can join our uh, our second half league there. They can also join our um, uh, the always cheating Slack, uh, which has been uh, remarkably active. And once again, uh, I'm sorry to uh, to my but the people I'd like to chat with on Slack. I've been just totally absent the last few days as I recover from this uh, this stomach bug. But um, yeah, tons of people on there. It's a great place to uh, to chat. And um, they've also there's been a lot of great transfer talk on there. I feel like I've actually a lot of what I've learned about some of the new transfers I've learned from. Uh, from our Slack forum. So um, uh, definitely another shout out there. And that's uh, patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can join that. Awesome. All right. Lots to talk about in this episode. We're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about those January transfer moves, the ones that are already done and the ones that are kind of hypothetical at this moment. A few questions about team structure and formation and, and what we're doing with our money heading into the second half of the season. We have a lightning round with your questions, and we're going to get to a quick Game Week 23 preview with captains and transfer talks. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Same old podcast, always Brandon, and we're back. Part one, The Boys of 2018. I like that. I like that title you gave this section. I mean, who doesn't have the song The Boys of Summer in their head at least once a day? Not me. <laughs> uh, how often do I have that song in my head? I have it in my head, uh, I mean, every two weeks for sure. I would say there are, you know, 26 times a year I have that song in my head. Quick quick aside, uh, non-FBL talk, but part of my job involves making little 15-second, um, like, video ads. And mm-hmm. I ran this ad by somebody for approval, and they said, the music isn't quite right. Could we have something that's like the opening guitar riff from The Boys of Summer? <laughs> and it was the most infuriating email because I was like, how can you replicate... I mean, if you listen to that opening guitar riff, it's pretty awesome, and it's not very replicatable. So <laughs> this is just me wow. saying the opening of Boys in Summer is is the best, and, and y- you can't repeat it. So wow. mic drops. That's, that's excellent. Continue to Barcelona. Uh, Jack on Slack, Mike McCauley on Twitter, Razzy Boy on Twitter all have questions about uh, Coutinho moving to, to uh, Barcelona and how it's going to affect uh, Mo Salah. I also want to throw Firmino in there. So let's talk about Yeah, the Salah. racist. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Not proven. I mean, listen, I, it, it is the weirdest thing, right? I mean, FPL or like fantasy sports does crazy things to people. Like when when bad things happen to real people, like there's a terrible leg break injury, some somehow social media becomes all about one's fantasy team instead of their <laughs> livelihood. Sure, also, yeah. when Firmino may or may not have done something that's racist, suddenly there is a divide in the fantasy <laughs> world of, well, he's definitely not racist or he definitely is. And I can and you can see where that dividing line is. It's people who have Firmino on their team and people who – 
who don't. Now, I'm not conf- I'm not uh, accusing anyone out there, obviously, of of being a racist. But I think I think that's just a funny thing that you can kind of see percolating out there. Sure. I mean, I you know, in my in my experience, when players come out and say that someone was really racist to them, like it's basically always true. Uh, so it's 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 possible that he wasn't or that he was being jokey, kind of like the way Luis Suarez was with. Uh, uh, Patrice Ever. Patrice Ever, right. Um, uh, I'm sort of like, I'm just, unlike you, I'm like, I'm not as tolerant of racism. And so, I, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Let's, let's not talk about this. Let's not speculate blindly on how racist Firmino is. It'll, it'll come out one way or the other. Uh, <laughs> I'll but, just say, I, I would believe it. Okay. <laughs> 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 there was a really uh, interesting discussion going on on the FPL Reddit um, page, which we heartily recommend. There's a link to it on OSGenie.com if you're not already familiar. But there were some straight up like Portuguese uh, speaking lip readers on there who were like, this is what he said. He basically said, are you crazy? Are you crazy? Um, you like son of a bleep or something like this but apparently the what is being debated is what he actually subsequently said after that like after the most the most like reddit thing ever is to like incorrectly ripley something (laughs) and then make like a conclusion about it let's have like you know those bad lip reading videos out there that was like (laughs) tomatoes and portuguese sound fun with the whale dude yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's talk about what we're actually yeah, talking about. Sorry. Coutinho, yeah, I totally sidetracked here. Coutinho, uh, a great playmaker in the Liverpool sure, midfield sure, uh, sure. Uh, of many great playmakers, is now right. gone. Do you feel like this is going to adversely impact Salah, or um, is it good for Salah? Well, or is it neither? Because we have a small sample size or a medium sample size this season of Coutinho not being in the squad or coming on as a substitute. Uh, It doesn't seem as though it made a big difference. Uh, There's not like overwhelming evidence that Salah played uh, significantly worse without Coutinho. I I don't think it's better. I I don't think that when you take a, a high quality attacking player out of a squad, it it typically helps the other player, um, especially a player like Salah. I mean, it's not like, you know, someone like Sanchez, it doesn't really matter because he's in the ball so much. But, you know, Salah works off the ball most of the time, you know, yeah. so continues on the ball. It, it's going to allow more players to to cover Salah, right? I mean, yeah. I don't think he'll be able to get, get in and unmarked as easily as he was before. Um, I don't know that it really, it doesn't make Salah any less essential. Um, I don't even know if it makes him any worse of a captain option. Um, but yeah, I guess it does give me a little bit of pause, right? It's, it's something, it is something to think about. I think I agree with you. It's something to make you go, Hmm, what you can say about Liverpool early this season when Coutinho is not in the team, they were still scoring goals, whether or not Liverpool looked like the best possible Liverpool that you could have, uh, from their full squad debatable but they were still scoring one at least one to two goals per game and Salah was contributing in that regard I have no doubt that Salah will continue contributing I think there is there was some debate of how sustainable Salah's production was and right. I, I mean I, I do think that regardless of Coutinho coming or or staying or leaving you you might see some dip in Salah's production up right. to game week 38 because the guy is just uh, in in such great form but uh that said 
yeah, he's still he's still a must have, and I think we're still going to get great FPL production from him. Yeah, I I think that you know uh, Sadio Mane is probably a player who's going to benefit from this a little bit. He's going to have to step up. It's a good point. Need, yeah, yeah, nine point three million. He's relatively affordable. I mean, he's he's pretty expensive for a guy who you know, hasn't really done very much at all in the last yeah ten weeks or so. He he did score um, away in the Burnley match. Um, actually, he uh, and he picked up an assist the game week before, so maybe he's rounding into form a little bit. Um, and uh, you know, Alex Oxley Chamberlain, uh, I just I just don't rate him as a as as much of a goal scorer or a, or or an assist guy. And I don't my opinion doesn't change based on Saul leaving. Um, yeah, he's just not you know he's just not a player. Even even at five point six million, I think he's too expensive. If he was four point eight. Then I would consider him, yeah. but uh, I just don't rate him at five point six. So, here, here's your hot take. So Coutinho goes. What do we know Coutinho for throughout his tenure at Liverpool? He loves shooting from about thirty five, forty, fifty yards out. Right. Um, and that while he's great at shooting from a hundred yards out, maybe two hundred yards out, he's really good at it. Um, that that is one less time that he's trying to slide the ball in for Salah or Firmino. So I do wonder if you have a guy that's not Coutinho on the ball, whoever's playing in that number ten role is maybe looking for Salah and Firmino a bit more. That is something I'll be looking for, not guaranteed. But I do wonder if that is something that is pro. Stay, keep the faith with Firmino. Yeah, I mean, I guess neither of us wanted to say, like, wait and see, because it's sort of the boring answer. But I, I think that, um, you know, I mean, Klopp has a system. Uh, that's a system that we've seen at Dortmund has survived a lot of changes, right? It was still a great attack inside, even as they lost, you know, um, <laughs> you know Mario Goza and uh, Lewandowski and... You know, and they were still, they were still, you know, Shinji Kagawa. Yeah, until the very end, you know, they were still uh, super high quality. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think they'll be okay. I mean, Adam Lalana is uh, one to watch out for. I don't even know if he's still, if he's healthy yet. He really is play. healthy. I mean, he was, yeah. he, he's, he's come on as a substitute. I don't, I don't quite recall if he started the FA Cut match, but, you yeah, know, as we know from, from Firmino Gate. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I agree. I mean, for, at one point, Lalana last season was the cheap route into that offense when Firmino, yeah. Coutinho, and Mane were flying. If you could only eight, f- afford Lalani, you're getting some money or eight some points, points. Or eight, eight goals, seven assists, 14 bonus points last year. Um, price is 7.3 million. Um, that 7 million point pl- price range is kind of a tricky range, I find. Um, it's hard to... It's it's almost easier to have players in the 5 million range than the 8 million range. Um, there's something about that, like 7 million, it feels like you want to put your money elsewhere usually, but... Um, yeah, I think I think Lana's an option, and I don't know if there's anyone else looking at their midfield who everyone else seems so rotation prone. I mean, Wijnaldum isn't enough of an attacker. Uh, Emery Chan is sort of in and out of the side. Um, yeah, so um, but I think Salah will be fine. Anybody else you want to throw Jordan Henderson into the mix there? While <laughs> yeah. we're talking about it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, speaking of Liverpool players, Virgil Van Dyke now a Liverpool man, five point four million, three point five percent owned. I think everyone was sort of just waiting. All FPL managers were waiting for this move to to happen so they could get him because you know Southampton defense has been a bit of a shambles this season. Scored on his debut in the FA Cup. 
looking at Liverpool's run of fixtures coming up, they have City in game week 23, not ideal for obvious reasons. Then it's Swansea and Huddersfield away, Spurs in game week 26, and then the uh, fixtures turn again, Southampton. Any temptation here? I mean, Ver- you would expect Van Dyke to be totally nailed, and um, as he demonstrated in his debut, he's a goal scorer on set pieces. Yeah, um, not not right away. Uh, I, I love Van Dyke as a player. Um, I even like him as a fantasy player, and I don't, I don't think he's too expensive at five point four million. Uh, I I still don't totally trust this Liverpool defense. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Are you tempted? What do you think? I agree. I mean, Liverpool has never been known for great defense. I think the only time we've ever brought Liverpool defenders in is for their scoring potential, and I think. Given how Robertson and Alexander Arnold and Gomez and and these guys, even though they're rotation prone, are really cheap, and, and I see more attacking points coming from the likes of them. So if I can't yeah. bank on a clean sheet from Liverpool, I'm not going to pay five point four for Van Dyke. So yeah, I said, especially it's a pass with, with with City and Spurs and two of the next four fixtures. I mean, they're going to probably concede like three goals. At home to City. I mean, they might they might win four three, but they're probably going to concede a bunch of goals there. Uh, I feel very confident that Spurs will score a few goals on them in game week twenty six as well. Um, so then it's and then it's two, you know sandwich around two uh, two away fixtures, and you know it's entirely possible that Swansea could pop in a goal on the you know they're playing a little bit better um, or Huddersfield kind of the same thing. They're pretty decent in set pieces. Um, which give me a, a Liverpool for, team you know, that has it. Give me a Liverpool team that has a decent goalkeeper, and and then we can talk Van yeah, Dyke. That's yeah, that's exactly. kind of where I'm not at. Not a curious fan, Brandon. We're going all the way across the uh, the Merseyside, Josh, to Everton, and the uh, hashtag Turkish delight Sanktosin comes comes mm-hmm. to us from Besiktas in Turkey. Seven point five million priced in the game. What do we know about uh, Tosan so far? Uh, well, we we know that he is uh, he's from Bestikas Bestikas Bestikas. I think I said that correctly. Uh, scored twenty four goals during the league last season. Uh, he is, you know, I, I think the the jury is a little bit out on him, right? He's uh, seven point five million. Uh, is he going to start right away? I don't know. Probably, probably pretty pretty soon. This guy is um, more of a problem than he is a gift for FPL. He's a problem because everyone's favorite cheapy Calvert Lewin is now going to be at best pushed out wide. Maybe, and maybe right. that's not such a bad thing for Calvert Lewin right. because he does have pace. And early in the season, he was getting great output by supplying Wayne Rooney of all people with assists. Right. So maybe you get some sort of chemistry between Calvert-Lewin and Tosin. That could be good. I'm just <laughs> looking for a reason to not have to. It seems unlikely, de- doesn't it? I, it's hard, I'm hard to, I have a hard time envisioning the sink <laughs> Tosin, Calvert-Lewin. <laughs> like, doesn't really roll the, the off the tongue, does partnership. it? Yeah, I mean, the thing about Tosin, too, is that he's, you know, he's already played, I think it's 20, he's played 24 matches already this season. So there's, there's no match fitness issue with him. Uh, it's not like he needs to... Um, get himself into gear. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, it may take a little while for him to fit into that squad. But I mean, you know, the, if we focus this more on, on Calvert-Lewin for a minute, I mean, part of the problem, too, is that we're seeing Sam Allardyce is just like he's been so negative with he's, his tactics yeah, so far. come out in the press and said as much. Like, I cannot win games with Calvert-Lewin playing in the number nine position. And right. A, that's not going to do anything for DCL's confidence. 
Right. And it's, not, it's not. It's also probably true. Yeah. No. And yeah. <laughs> and I can't argue with that. This is again going back to our discussion of FPL brains kicking into gear, and then we become completely separated from reality. But yeah, like uh, playing ninety minutes a match, game week thirteen through nineteen, and then it goes sixty fifty three, and then and then just nine minutes in game week twenty two. Perhaps that's some rest, and and again maybe the squad formation takes a different shape and there is room for Calvert-Lewin playing out wide but uh, immediate signs point to they really need a different striker so Tosin's coming in right away and uh, DCL is just like straight up bench fodder for real this time. Yeah and the market for for third forwards is pretty grim. I mean you're looking <laughs> at I don't even know what you're looking at. I mean, it's it's not fun. You're looking at Depotra. You're looking at Ayu, possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ayu I, actually, like we, Jordan and I, even kind of, it feels like a joke, but I mean, he, he you have to consider him as a real option. I, I suppose uh, I, there is yeah. a bit of Ayu that is, he seems like a very emotional player, and of mm. course he's going to step it up when the new manager arrives, but how long does that right. last? And I'm not convinced at all. Yeah. I think Glenn Murray is actually a player to look at. Um, he's, you know, 5.7. The fixtures have settled down again. I mean, he just, he wasn't going to play every single game week, uh, you know, while, uh, you know, while they were, I mean, he's like, what, 34 years old or something like that. He wasn't going to play when they had all the, all the festive fixtures. But I think he's, you know, there's a, there's a you know, possibility there. Um, I think, uh, uh, you know, Callum Wilson, right, is an option right now. Um, especially uh, I, with Jermaine Defoe out. I guess. This, yeah. is, this is depressing. I mean, shout out to Niall Parker, who actually asked us about Tosin uh, with the hashtag Turkish Delight. He does ask if at 7.5 he's the answer to our mid-price striker ro- woes. I still feel like you're right, Josh. Like, it's it's just the bare minimum below below 8.5 it's there's just nothing you can count on i feel like you're you're either going and we're going to talk a bit about formations coming up you're either going full-on lone striker with the likes of kane or aguero now or you have to pair kane with somebody like firmino or or vardy not necessarily but i think you know what i mean so uh, we you have to wait and see with tosin that would be it would be fun if i could save like 1.5 1.5 million and downgrade Firmino to to Tosin if the time comes. It would be fun, but yeah, I think right now it's ideally you're just not playing unless you've got like three heavy hitters up front. You're just not playing three forwards consistently, and that third slot is, you know, if you have Calvert Lewin, you probably want to drop him at some point. I certainly wouldn't like wildcard him in right now, um, but he's like probably like my second bench player in most game weeks right now. So. Yeah. It doesn't feel super urgent. It just feels like a problem I have to solve eventually. Yeah, totally. I, I agree. I'm, I'm taking the same approach with DCL. Let's uh, put him on the bench, figure it out later, maybe when you play your wild card. I would I would suspect a lot of managers might take the same tack. I would ride out one or two price drops. If you, A lot of us probably bought him around 5.0, and I think you can stomach one or two price drops with him until an, an answer actually comes to light. All right, let's so let's round this transfer talk with just two hypothetical transfers, Alexis Sanchez and Riyad Mahrez. Alexis Sanchez moved to Man City, seems to get closer with every waking hour. And uh Riyad <laughs> maybe Ma- maybe it does. There's there is a lot of a lot of uh 
what is the signal? What is the noise, Josh? It's it's hard to say. And That's then true. Riyad Mahrez linked with Liverpool and maybe even linked with Arsenal if if Alexis actually does make that move to Man City. So let's talk real quick about how appealing Alexis is if he goes to Man City and, of course, how unappealing some people at Man City might become. Right. And I, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, just to start with start with uh, Alexis, then, um, you know, I think uh, it's super unappealing from an FBL perspective if he goes to Man City uh, for so many reasons. I mean, one is uh, it moves one of those forwards. It just, it just makes every single, you know, midfielder who attacks um, liable to, you know, be like be used like in, in rotation more often or I mean Alexis is like the consummate ball hog right like nobody like nobody wants to be on the ball more than Alexis he doesn't really you know he sort of like picks his favorites to pass to um he always screams for the ball <laughs> well, this is him on Arsenal it. where he's just like it's the inmates running the asylum there at Arsenal yeah, but isn't this how he like got his way like he like forced his way out of Barcelona for like this very reason right so well well uh, Pep Guardiola team so I don't think Pep's gonna make so the I, same mistake I know. twice that's, that's, what I, that's what I don't understand that's why I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled by this because uh maybe the you know maybe the idea of why he left was 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 wrong but I think um, for, okay, just strictly from an FPL perspective, then too, just his his price makes him very difficult to bring. His in price is going, insane. Gonna, his price is insane, and it makes it way too hard for you to bring him in if he goes to Man City. Because is he going to play every game? I don't know. Is he going to score more goals than other players who are already scoring goals? Like who knows? Like is he going to be on penalties? Probably not. No, um, no. Does he does he rotate with Aguero? Maybe. No. My my assumption is that he's coming. At Leroy Sané is the first one to hit the bench when Sanchez sure, arrives. Sure. Sané sure. will become just the consummate sub now. If it, it, I mean. T- if Alexis ever gets subbed. So maybe we never see Leroy Sané again. But Sanchez likes playing on the left, and that's where um, Sané is. I don't think yeah. – I can't see it impacting Sterling and De Bruyne, even Aguero. I, I, I don't think he's being brought in to play a number nine role. Well, that's the question. I mean, if, he, if it is more of a straight swap for Sané, then, then that's fair. Um, and I, and I think you are right, but he can play in different spots and he can play as a forward too, for sure. So, and they may need a forward, right? I mean, depending on how long Jesus is out. Yeah. Well, and um, James, James Clugden's so on Twitter asks, impact of Sanchez on Aguero. So you're saying that, okay, so if Jesus remains out injured long-term, as, as he basically is, Aguero's kind of locked in in that uh, number nine position, Sanchez could rotate with him, but I I could see it in a different way in that it makes Aguero slightly more appealing, and I find it hard. hard, hard You know, I don't want to spend too long on the Sanchez thing because I mean, who knows if he's even going to go there? I mean, I I I find it hard to believe that. I mean, I I think Arsenal probably do want to get some kind of return on him. I mean, their their like transfer business has been so shambolic the last. 12 months it's embarrassing but you know i i I, they need to get some kind of return on him or they're just going to lose him and ozil uh this summer which maybe they're okay with i mean the 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 reason to keep sanchez uh would be if they thought they could get a champions league spot um which they probably can't get without him and if they get champions league spot they get champions league money and that money is more than they would get for selling sanchez in in january yeah 
So that's I feel like that's the assessment that they have to make right now. I don't think it's so much about who they if they can bring in Thomas Lamar or whatever. It's about whether they can get fourth place um, or I guess win the Europa League. Right. And, and, and pull a Man United. <laughs> um, so if they you can could, do that, then you can win the Sanchez. FA Cup Arsenal. But that that's pretty much the, the your ceiling. Uh, they can't anymore. It's they're out. <laughs> it's, that's true. Oh, God. So, so, many, yeah. so much so much so much bad yeah. news for gunners out so, there. Yeah, so we'll talk about this more if it actually happens. What about Riyad Mahrez? Uh, Mahrez, it's very interesting. He's definitely put himself in the shop window the last month. He's just been in great form for Leicester. You do do feel like he was kind of playing for a move. And if he goes to Liverpool... How uh, do you can you pair <laughs> silence? I know I just tried to uh, calculate an 8.6 million price tag on Mares, And how does that compare with presumably your most definitely owning Mosul? So the question here is, does Mares take the place in your FPL lineup of, of Salah? of maybe Mane or Coutinho? If you had Coutinho in your squad right now and no Salah. Would you consider replacing Coutinho with Mares over Salah or Mane? I guess the more interesting question is: Would you go Mane or Mares in this in this hypothetical? If I were, um, if you had, if, if you had Coutinho as a fantasy manager, as an FPL yeah. manager, not not Jurgen Klopp. I guess I would go Mane, uh, just because I think the potential for double digit returns is a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think. I just, uh, you know, Mares might be a little more consistent. It, it sort of depends on where you are in your in your mini league, you know, what you're playing for. I think the more conservative move is Mares. I think, I mean, the thing about Mares too is he's not a central, he's not really a central midfielder. He's really more of a right wing, you know. And so it is weird to think about how he's going to slot into that team if, if he moved to yeah. Liverpool. Like, it seems like they, they, they don't really solve their central midfielder problem with him. What if he moves to Arsenal? And uh, he's cheaper than Ozil. Right. Yeah. And then I guess they... Uh, he could play. Uh, d- yeah. They would have to move somebody to the right, right? Maybe they play, play Danny Welbeck over there or something. Um, but I think yeah. at, at, at Arsenal, he could even play in a more natural position uh, out to the right. Because they have plenty of plenty of warm bodies. Like, like Wilshire is, is coming back into the team now. Who can play more centrally and free Mahrez a little bit up to do his thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I don't really. You know, it's it's funny about Mares too. I mean, I he, I feel like he was so washed up. It was like everyone kind of knew his move. You know, his kind of like his Robin esque move. Aryan exactly is our little Aryan Robin. You know, cut in on the left. Um, you know, shoot with his left foot. But you know, it seems like he's a much better playmaker this year. I mean, the way he's linked up with Vardy has been really impressive. And I don't know. You know, I I like. It makes sense for him to move. I mean, he's still pretty young. You know, he uh, he's twenty six. He'll turn twenty seven in February. Um, you know, like for for a player in that kind of position, that's that's still pretty young. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I'm all for a Mara's move, and I actually think you know there's an argument for bringing him in even 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 if he doesn't move. <laughs> yeah, right. For sure. He's just in such good form right now. Yeah, let's see. Let's look at Leicester's fixtures coming up. They have Chelsea in game week 23. Then it's Watford, Everton, Swansea. That's a great run. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we kind of prefer it if he stays at Leicester and then we, then we, <laughs> yeah, then we bring him in. All right. So that's, that's your lot for the January transfers. I'm sure there are, there are more to come. 
um, and we'll keep you posted here on Always Cheating. Where you where you, you probably hear all your transfer news first when you fire up the Always Cheating podcast. Nobody nobody reads the internet anymore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, reading the internet for you since 2011. <laughs> Excellent. So we're going to take a quick break. Coming up, we've got a lightning round that features some questions about team structure. Jesse Lingard. What are we doing after this crazy double game week that we just had, et cetera, et cetera. So stay tuned for that. Same old podcast, always All right, Brian, we're back. Before we get any further, starting 11 Daily Fantasy. We talked about them a little bit at the top of the podcast. A Daily Fantasy app. I played this actually quite a bit over the holidays. I... Uh, did about as well in that as I did in my um, you, in my FPL. You team. used to be unbeatable at starting eleven. I got too cocky. I flew too close to the sun. Well, serves you right, Br- frankly. Brandon, starting eleven is fun for a lot of reasons, but here is a reason we haven't talked about before. Uh, there are a lot of people on in the FPL community, and I'm thinking about the FPL. Um, the, the fantasy football pundits guys, and I'm thinking about FPL Chief, particularly if you're on Twitter. If you're a Twitter person at all, or if you're if you're interested in being on Twitter a little more often, some of the say the, you're the, the president. Best, <laughs> say you're the president. Uh, th- there are a lot of uh, voices in the FPL community who are uh, who are all about starting eleven as well, and they're constantly posting their teams, and they're looking at other people's teams, and. They're uh, often making fun of them in a way that uh, that I enjoy because I don't, I don't mind being made fun of and I don't I like making fun of other people's teams. Thick, thick skin, uh, Josh Landon <laughs> over here. Skin, that's true, the thinnest skin man in the world. Uh, but I still enjoy it. Uh, so Starting Eleven is a daily fantasy uh, app, but it's also a way for you to interact with a lot of. Uh, of people that you might not otherwise have a chance to interact with. And uh, uh, all of these people, including ourselves, have uh, weekend contests that they set up, uh, head-to-head contests and group contests. Um, and, Brian, why don't we tell them a little bit more about the app itself? Absolutely. So the Starting Eleven app, it's available for your iPhone, your Android phone. Just go to those respective stores and, and search Starting Eleven Daily Fantasy. Pops right up. Download. You set up a, a, an account. Takes you, like, one second the 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 amount of time it, it takes Philippe Coutinho to decide he's going to shoot from from five thousand yards out that's how long it takes right. you to set up this app and the amount of time it took him to decide to leave uh, <laughs> Liverpool for Barcelona yeah, exactly <laughs> there he was like what's the temperature how much how sunny is it I know. delightful um, it's beautiful in Barcelona just like the starting eleven app is it's beautifully designed but what makes it really unique is is you can play any day in which there are at least two or more Premier League game, games happening there's no budget so you can pick any starting eleven you want none of these barriers that the bloody FPL game sets up for you <laughs> and uh, you can make live in-game substitutions so when De Bruyne uh, has what appears to be a leg-breaking challenge happen you can immediately sub him out and bring in somebody else into your starting eleven team and and start accumulating points for them you are a manager while you're playing starting 11 which is really awesome so go to starting 11.io for more information there are helpful video tutorials there to show you what the app is all about and uh you can also just hit the download links right there at starting 11.io and as josh said if you want to play starting 11 head to head with me or josh just hit us up with the dm on twitter or facebook email us at hailcheaters at gmail.com and we'll look forward to playing starting 11 with you starting this saturday we'll be we'll be we'll be playing excellent 
Brandon, we're on to the lightning round. Uh, let's get right into it. As everybody knows, lightning round, uh, each question gets an answer, 30 seconds or less. Starting with a question from Slack, it's Harbuzi. He says, financial structure moving forward means it's Kane or Aguera for me. Uh, so which one? I'll be dumping Murata after Lester. Any issue with that? So not not to abuse our 30 seconds here, but we did get a lot of questions uh, all over social for this podcast about what is our team structure moving forward? Where are we moving our money going into the second half of the season? A loan expensive premium striker or do we need a, to pair somebody with Kane? If you do loan striker, are you moving all your money into a stacked midfield? So I think we can sort of use that thinking to help us answer this question. Um Kane is the easy answer here, Harbuzi. Uh, Aguero, there are still too many question marks for me. Even though Jesus is out injured, as we were talking about in our Alexis Sanchez discussion, there are some moving pieces there. And even though Aguero is, is the lone fit striker at Man City right now, still doesn't guarantee in a Guardiola team that he's playing uh game week in game week out so Kane is just locked in for me I think you'd say the same Josh and yeah just things like the back-to-back hat tricks with Kane it's just the propensity for that to happen is just a little it's it's just a little stronger with him when there's just so many attacking options at at Man City that it's it's not quite as likely and I think Aguero's like a little off the pace all year I mean I know that he's he's scored a fair number of goals but you know a lot of them have been from penalties and um, I actually think that Murata to to Aguero is a perfectly reasonable move. I don't want to I don't want something like I'm slagging off Aguero too much, but just uh, yeah, compared to Kane, I feel like uh, it's it's a no brainer. Yeah, for sure. E- even with the even with that one point three million savings or whatever it is. So how are you feeling? Uh, okay, this is so we've answered your question in thirty seconds or less, Harbuzi. Thank you, uh, thank you for playing. See you next week, Josh. Moving on to the next question, which is mine. So how are you, how are you feeling about discussions of I'm just going to play Kane up top? Um, I've got the likes of Calvert Lewin, Glenn Murray, uh, Deportra, who are going to ride the bench for me, except except for exceptional fixtures. Is that I don't love it. I, I, I mean, only one striker. I, I just feel like just with rotation, like one of those bad strikers is going to come off the bench like every game week. Right. And um, I, I don't know. A one striker formation has never been anything I could keep up for any length of time. Yeah. Um, the argument there, I, I think, yeah. is maybe less investment in your midfield, but you actually get to spend money in your defense. I mean, one guy that we haven't really talked about at all on this podcast who's really come to the front of our minds over the last month is Alonso at Chelsea. Right. Sure. Seven, sure. 7.2, 7.3 million as of this writing. And to do moves like that, you have to start looking at really uh, taking money out of your front line. So that's def- true. I mean, I think it's perfectly reasonable to have a four point five million third forward. Um, I just don't know that I would. have. I mean, I think, you know, you can have Kane and and uh, Firmino like you do. Yeah. Um, but I just I, I wouldn't go to uh, two super cheap forwards. It just feels like. Um, you're not giving yourself enough chance to pick up attacking returns. Uh, some people disagree. I, you know, I just personally, that's I, I feel like that 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 kind of the my squad balance is a little too weak if I have that kind of really weak forward line. All right. So Mr. Podge on Twitter asks, is it because we were just speaking of this man? Speak of the devil, right, Josh? 
Mr. Podge asks, is it essential to dump Murata? He's dead weight, right? So after that, like, ridiculous performance against Arsenal, which I'm sure you were just punching yourself in the face watching that game. It was horrible. Yeah, it was true. And I was actually homesick that day, too. So I had to sit there and watch it. Uh, This ridiculous match. You mounted the TV on the ceiling because all you were doing is laying in bed, staring up. No, that that, like laying in bed like Brian Wilson did thing didn't happen (laughs) for a couple days. Uh, I was actually feeling okay at first. Uh, No, but I was laying on the couch uh, watching and... uh, and I mean, it was so bad. There was a there was a highlight package of his misses that came on afterwards. <laughs> uh, it was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I you know rarely has a striker played so poorly. Um, you know, I, okay. I mean, like uh, this is that's a very you know from a fantasy perspective. Okay, I mean, yeah, it, you can like, qualify yeah, that. Where, uh, strikers yeah. have played poorly, but had have decent strikers missed as many golden right. opportunities. Yeah, exactly. And being a striker, you know, fantasy aside, it's I mean your runs, you know, you're there's sort of like there's decoy runs and there's sort of drawing the attack away and he's just so good at that kind of thing and you know creating space for someone like Eden Hazard. Yeah, he reminds me uh, a little bit of Van Persie in his diagonal yes. runs and his his ability to to beat the trap and and link and balls over the top. Yeah, I mean he's he's a great player and he had a really poor game. Uh you know, it's tempting to drop him, you know, immediately. Um, I, he may be my transfer this week. Uh, I may transfer him to Aguero. Um, I don't really like doing that before the Leicester game because... Yeah, Leicester followed by Brighton, uh, Bournemouth, Watford, uh, West Brom. Chelsea's run is continues to be excellent. It's a tough spot. I really... I'm not sure what to do. Um, <laughs> uh, as, as I've said so often this season, so I, I may just stay the course. I can see a world in which he is a really strong character. I know he's a young man, a young professional, but he has strong character and it says, you know what? Got totally slagged off after the Arsenal game. I'm going to come back and prove all the haters wrong. And he just goes Harry Kane on Lester or something like that. Totally. I can see I that. Lester's defense is garbage, right? So it, it absolutely could happen. They're, they're, they're not great. Harry Maguire, just like, like trundling up the field with the ball, uh, like he's like he's Tom Brady or something like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of essential players, Jesse Lingard. Now, I told you before we started recording the podcast, I generally don't make uh, transfers this early, but transfer for game week twenty three already in the bag. Arnautovic, who I brought in for the double game week, gave me an assist. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. He's he, he got dumped at 75% for Jesse Lingard. I wanted to catch that price-wise, price rise, that sweet, sweet 0.1 price rise. <laughs> so here we are. i got a few questions about uh, Jesse Onan on Twitter asks, is Jesse Shingard, his spelling, not mine, Josh, just a fad <laughs> uh, that I have now brought in and will do nothing? Is he similar to Hazard? So do do we think uh, Jesse Shingard is just going to start trolling all of us now that we finally broke and brought him in? Or is he actually going to do an Aaron Ramsey a la, what was that, two seasons ago where he just mm, delighted right. for, for eons? Well, he's not lacking for confidence right now, that's for sure. Um, These goals are, he, are peaches. Yeah. He's, he's, he, you know, he's, he's in really confident form. Uh, he's really picking up the, the Lukaku slack. You know, like they just needed someone to to put the ball on the Wait, are you, frame. Are, are you, know? you telling me that Lukaku started his own Patreon page and now has a Slack channel? Yeah, that's what everybody's doing. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Lukaku finally got on, on board with the Slack. I like it. 
Um, no, it's uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, Lukaku, God, I haven't even like. It's amazing he's even come out. Like he's, he's so like he's so relevant right now. It's it's uh, kind of sad. It's kind of bumming me out. Even though it makes my FPL life a lot easier to not have to think about him, but it does bum me out. It's just it's just depressing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, over the holidays, Lukaku. I know he got injured in game week twenty one, but it was uh, two, two, one, and zero his final four games. Jeez, jeepers, jeepers, creepers, jeepers, jeepers indeed. So these goals that Jesse Lingard is scoring, they're they're pretty dope. So uh, I, I'm all about it. As I've said, I brought him in. So <laughs> yeah. let, let's make this happen. They're dope goals, six point three million, very good price. Uh, that's an easy move from. Uh, uh, was it Richarlison too? If you're finally sick of Richarlison's <laughs> sure, terrible yeah. finishing, yeah, I did the I did the like Pink Floyd um, like prism thing where Richarlison went had to go through the prism and become Arnautovic, and out the other <laughs> side he became Jesse Lingard, and I hope right. that results in a platinum album. And they're just about to play Stoke, who is like it was managerless and has the worst defense in the league. So it's <laughs> uh, you could actually, it. you know, you could you could consider captaining Lingard this game week. Why not? Why not? All right. Uh, speaking of the double game week, we need to steer out of it. I got rid of my one West Ham player. Got a couple questions about West Ham on Slack. Danny Bean asks, "Do we need West Ham players given their great upcoming run?" Also, DGT. DG Tipster on Twitter asks, Arnautovic and Son to Mares and Gross? Uh, or maybe Lingard? So we've already told you what to do with Lingard, DG, but um, we can talk about what we think about that move. So first off, what do you think about West Ham in general? I think you said yeah, at the top of the pod. I don't think you pod- need any. Yeah. yeah, you don't need any West Ham players. They're not, they're not, they're not a very good team. But if we brought um, them in for the double, are you, like, yeah. you going to just yeah. immediately get rid no, no. I think uh, if you have a defender, you might as well hold on to them. Uh, if you have Arnautovic, is he healthy then for sure? I mean, if he if he is, then then yeah, I think you just hold on to Arnautovic for a while. He's he's been in really good form too. He's kind of kind of like Lingard, you know. He's just sort of found his confidence all of a sudden. Yeah, Moyes said in a press conference prior to the Spurs game that, and you know, managers can pay all the lip service in the world, but he did say that Arnautovic is incredibly important to this team. He would be playing if he was fit, but he's. He is not fit. I mean, uh, Dinnery has um, Arnautovic still listed at 75% with a tight hamstring. So tight hamstring could go anyway. He could be ready for game week 23 or he could not be. No promises. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's talk about... uh what about what about this move though? Uh, would you would you yeah. also? Get- I never know about these moves because it's like the, I don't have enough context on the rest of the team. But in theory, I don't know why why you drop Sun right now. Um, yeah, agreed. I guess. Yeah, I I don't I don't think I'd make either of those moves. Actually, yeah. I would. Gross yeah. in particular Our, has not been very appealing yeah. of late. Yeah, I mean, he got one Our, return a couple weeks ago, but he's been so quiet. Yeah, Arnautovic to Lingard is fine, yeah. especially with that Stoke fixture. Yeah, hey, the greatest managers around him are, are making that move, so it's cool. All right, must-haves. Uh, Shrina Sports says, can we have your opinions on the must-have, uh, one from each position, if on a wild card? Now, Brandon, I don't know that I'm going to call uh, De Gea must-have anymore. I feel, I'm feeling a little, a little shakier about this, this Man United defense. Yeah, is there, it, is there a must-have defender right now? Or I mean, goalkeeper? I'm not sure there is. Must-have GK? I no. I mean, even 
there's so many ways to, to to cover yourself in defense. It's like, do you have Nick Pope or do you have Ben Me? You probably have one. Do you have Defe- De Gea or do you have Phil Jones? Do you have Courtois or right. do you have right. any number of Chelsea defenders? Right, I, right. I tend to agree that there's probably not one concrete must-have, but if there is, by God, it's David Day. I mean, he he had that shaky run for it was three game weeks, starting with West Brom, and he he's come back two clean sheets in a row against Southampton and Everton. Uh, what are their fixtures look like coming up? I mean, they've got Stoke and in, in coming up in game week twenty three. I mean, a few a few hot spots here. Spurs in game week 25, Chelsea in game week 28, Liverpool 30. But it's not bad. It's it's not bad. So, yeah. OK, I, so fine. So, fine. <laughs> so De Gea or some Man United defender. Um, I think that's I think, you know, Otamendi, I'd say, is is great value. Um, I think that he's someone that you might want to look at, even though Man United's Man United's fixtures. So they play Liverpool away. It's a pretty good run after that. They play Newcastle, West Brom, Burnley, Leicester. They do play Arsenal and Chelsea in late February, and that's also when the Champions League starts up again. So um, I don't know if you know if you're looking long term. Um, I, I just like him a lot at that price. Um, I think you know I would pay the extra price for Alonso over Christensen. Um, if I had to do that move again, I mean that's just a, speaking, speaking that's of like prices, a, season, a season ruining mistake for me. We're bringing in Aspilicueta over Alonso. Uh, but but speaking of price differences, going back to Otamendi real quick, um, John Stones is back and he's one point one mil cheaper than Otamendi. Are you at all? Yeah. Are you at all convinced true. there with yeah. John Stones? I mean, I, I I have every faith that Otamendi is still going to be really valuable for teams. Yeah. But if you have no city coverage in the defense and you're looking to get in, John Stones yeah, is going to be his name. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And he's you know yeah like you said he's five point four million. He's only played the one game since since he came back. Um, yeah. He had a bit of a howler in their FA Cup match. He he, he basically gave um, Barnes that Burnley goal up with a worth of really poor clearance. Um, but beyond, I mean, it's a mistake. And Stones is a young player, and he's he's got a few in him. I think he'll be fine. All right, and then uh, Salah and Kane. Right, let's make that nice and easy. That's yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you throw in an honorable mention for Raheem Sterling, um, but, you know, we, we've already spoken about the uh, spread of points around Man City's midfield. So take that for what it's worth. OK, so last question in the lightning round comes down to chips. And I love this question coming out of the double game week because uh, there were a lot of Twitter meltdowns for those who went for the triple cap on Harry Kane. Uh, we we shied away from even the free hit chip on this podcast, but the the logic was was sound in terms of triple captaining Kane. The fixtures are right. I mean, I think you could definitely. I don't know that you really need hindsight to be like, well, two matches in forty eight hours or, or seventy two. I guess you could call well, it. The issue to me was that he was flagged for sickness, right? I mean, that he wasn't well. I mean, yeah. as someone who is well guess right I, now, you know, it's like. <laughs> It's like it's maybe it's it's even more like, you know, prominent in my mind. But, you know, it was just the fact that that far in advance, they were like, he is rough. Like, we don't know what he's going to be like in a few days. He was like you. He had he probably had what you had, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so that was that was that was enough for me to be like, 
you no way this guy is like I just can't take this kind of risk. And so, you know, I mean, he came out and played, what, 30 minutes. And I didn't think they'd risk him at all in that weather. Um, and uh, I guess they just wanted to make sure they won the match. Um, it it and, is truly, truly yeah. stunning, awful luck that he he did play the ball of the game. Uh, to Deli right. Ali on that first fixture of the double game right. week. And, yeah. of course, Ali has to use the goalkeeper as a backboard to rob Kane of yeah. what would have been a that, beautiful that assist. That was nice. Uh, uh, yeah, I have I have Kane and, and Ali. I had Kane, Ali, and Erickson for this game week. So uh, that match worked out reasonably well for me. I, I couldn't quite gauge how many, like, really serious managers of triple captain Kane, but I felt like... Kane was so widely captain that it didn't really bother me that much. Uh, you know, I was like, all right, fine, I'll take my unassisted. I think I said that last week of, you know, everyone is going to, Kane will have 100% captaincy. So, you know, if you're going for individual score, right. sure, maybe. I mean, ultimately it wasn't that high, right, because the quick turnaround. And I mean, I think he was only ended up, he was ultimately captain laying by like 25% of managers or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're definitely like pissing off everyone who's listening to this right now who actually did play the trip <laughs> cap. But OK, sure. so for the for the sake of of people who are looking at other chips or still have their triple captain chip, uh, Justin Dye asked, what would your guys strategy be for using the chips going forward if you have all three? So we can say at the outset, the way it's worked the last couple of seasons with the chips is we've we've been able to bank on double game weeks. I mean, bank is perhaps a strong word, but uh, we have a good chance of getting great double game weeks in 34 and 37. Now, you take into account that you can't play a wild card the same week as you play your triple captain or your bench boost. You're looking at playing a wild card two weeks ahead of 34 or 37, so you can play your bench booster, your triple captain, going into 34 or 37. That's usually how we play it, right, Josh? Um, yeah, I mean, although I think you could play your wild card even earlier than that, especially if you know what the double game weeks are going to be, um, or like have, a, have a likely idea of when they're going to be and who's going to be playing in them. Um, yeah. I mean, I was and, able and to do just, that really, really successfully last season. I think I played my wild card around game week 27, and uh, I made up a ton of ground. I yeah. mean, I could have done it even earlier, actually. Yeah, for sure. And I guess just the thing to look at with bench boost or triple captain in either of those game game weeks is uh, who, which game week has the better triple captain choice. Yeah. So it's it's way too early to, to tell too much about this. I, I do think that, uh, you know, you should try to just, you know, you, you should be willing to take some risks. I mean, unless, you know, especially if you're in a money league where all the money's at the, or if you're in a money league at all, you know, and all the money's at the top, then man, like, don't, don't chicken out, you know, like if you want to captain, even this game week, you know, I really seriously thought about, you know, captaining someone like Christian Erickson and, you know, and I just kind of chickened out at the last minute. And, uh, you know, don't, don't like, you know, have the guts to like, to, to triple captain into somebody who's a bit of a risk because, um, it's probably not going to backfire that catastrophic. I think I did see a Hungman Sun triple cap out there somewhere. Um, freak blanking on who it was, but that's wow, a, that sweated that one out for 175 <laughs> yeah. minutes. But, you know, a little, little gift there at the end of that West Ham game for you. All right. So let's round out the podcast, Josh, with our game week 23 preview. So you did something a, a bit risky. We haven't really talked about this. You moved Mo Salah out of your team to play that double yeah. game week. Well, I just, you know, it's once again, the price prediction stuff is just completely off this year. And, uh, you know, Mo Salah has been dropped by like 700,000 managers and uh, has not seen a single price change. 
and so I, I was banking on probably losing about 0.3, and I just thought 0.3 was 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 enough for me to as to, to just try to make up some ground. Um, it ultimately, I mean, I, I did gain more points than I would have had if I hadn't played him or if I hadn't made the move. Um, it was enough to win our head-to-head this week. But, um, yeah, now I've got to bring him basically straight in <laughs> and uh, at, at a loss of probably something like 0.4, uh, which is just super annoying. But, um, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, I don't want to, like, I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to not, I'm not going to stubbornly resist bringing him back in. I may wait until after the Man City fixture, uh, but he'll certainly be back in my squad before the, uh, before the Swansea away match. Uh, so who are you looking to move for him? So Erickson and, and Ollie. Yeah, one of those two. I've got two point two million in the bank, so that's it's an easy move either way. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, I like I thought it out. You know, I mean, it wasn't like totally. Uh, you know, it, there was a there was a plan, but uh, yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, my biggest my the the thing I hated most about the double game week is we saw Kevin De Bruyne stretchered off at the end of Palace and. Um, I was hanging out with our good friend Trevor at the time, and I remember screaming at him, like, look what they did to my beautiful baby boy. <laughs> and everyone knows how much I, I love KDB this FPL season, and it really it really pained me to drop him from my team. But it was that it was that ceremony of his leg getting strapped up and him getting stretched off for, for no apparent reason. Uh, Because he was totally fine (laughs) and came back and played a a really stellar game in game week 22. Um, But that was all I needed to say I'm dropping him. And I brought in Christian Eriksen for the double. So I've already moved Arnautovic um, to Lingard. And now I have the funds to get my beautiful baby boy back. So KDB, um, (laughs) it'd be ridiculous for me to burn four just to get get baby boy back. Um, so I think that might be my move going into game week 24 just to set things straight is to move Erickson mm-hmm. back to KDB next week. But yeah. right now, bus team, I've got the armband set on Harry Kane playing at home against Everton. Kane did score a brace in the FA Cup. Um, I guess it was uh, yesterday on Sunday that they played or, or something like that. Um, so even though he, he blanked in the double, Kane is again scoring goals. He only scores goals in, in bunches. He doesn't score single <laughs> exactly. goals in games. He just scores weird. two goals, yeah. three goals. Yeah. I've got the armband on Kane right now myself. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I may go Murata to Aguero, uh, this game week, but, um, I'm a little on the fence. Uh, I may just move. I may just move Salah right back in. Um, I may just not 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 play any games and just uh, and then I just have to decide whether I want to keep Ali or Erickson. It's kind of a tough call, actually. That um, is that is a tough one. They're, yeah, they basically become yeah. a real. I think it was at last season. It was kind of an either or. You you could get Ali or Erickson. Yeah, but Erickson was playing pretty far back the last couple matches. But then he's you know he's on all those free kicks. You know, so um, as for the games themselves. Um, there's no early match. I've just I've just realized. Yeah, we get um, to sleep in, in in New York. We get to sleep Lovely. in the state and make our transfers late if we want. It, it late transfers, how luxurious! I'll actually be in New Orleans during this game week ah, in the Big right. Easy. If we have any listeners right. down there in in uh, Nola, let us know. Hit us up. Yeah. So looking at Saturday, Brandon, a uh, ton of uh, Saturday fixtures. It looks like 
couple matches stick out to me. Uh, one is Chelsea Lester. If I if I keep Murata, I'll be really interested to see how he responds in this match. Uh, the other one is Newcastle Swansea, and I uh, DeAndre Yedlin back to back clean sheet since I brought him oh, so in. Your one kind bright, a, your one bright spot during this transfer <laughs> yeah, torrent of, yeah, of bad transfers. He and, and Otamende actually, my defender transfers have, have worked out okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and Yedlin, I, I kind of brought him in for this three match run, and so he's, he's delivered clean sheets into the last three. He actually laid a ball on a platter to Atsu in the last match too, and he really really should have scored. Uh, so I'd be curious to see how, it seems like Newcastle's played a little bit better. Um, uh, so it'd be interesting to see how that match plays out. And then, uh, the late game on Saturday is Spurs Everton. I'm probably going to captain Kane myself. Yeah. It just seems like a, a game week to not overthink things. I think we all, our brains got fried during that festive picture, uh, uh, period. So, uh, despite us talking about not taking risks, I'm just feeling like this is game week 23 is not. Not a fancy week. It's not the one. I don't know. But then you worry about Sam, like, just setting up, like, arch-conservatively, too. He, he could. I mean, that's know. true. This, yeah. he, he's persisting with this ludicrous earpiece that looks like it's from, like, the year 2004. Like, what? It's like Gene Hackman <laughs> in a conversation. Yeah, it's, like, exactly. it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, then what about sun- Sunday? We've got uh, Bournemouth, Arsenal. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that match. Nothing good. No, right? not, not, not terribly interested that in that. Not, not. Uh, Liverpool, Man City. Now that is a fun My match. My God. I mean, just the thought of this match makes you, gets you all funny, feeling funny inside. Funny things. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah. what to predict. I feel like man Same. I mean I think Man City are gonna yeah. win. I think they're gonna win pretty easily, actually. I think they win like three one. Yeah, it's a t- it's it's a tough one. Liverpool are a great squad. They're they're they score freely, but they just haven't been on it, like with the big games this season. Yeah. This game was really fun. The the first half of the season, this was the game that was really exciting until until Mane ran into uh, Ederson and his, got, his foot got that went through card. his face. His foot went through his face. I still think that was an accident, but <laughs> he took his face. I guess he had, he off. had to get the red card. Uh, so I, I do think Man City win that. And then uh, Monday is Man United Stoke. Yeah, and that's really all you have to say about that. That is just De Gea clean sheet watch for us. Like, um, yeah, pray, pray that Shakiri doesn't decide to show up for this game for some apparent reason. <laughs> uh all right well that's your lot uh thank you for 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 getting through this podcast with us i'm still i'm still a little under the weather so uh if it felt a little low energy that's that's on me uh we'll be back stronger next week stronger together right brandon <laughs> absolutely boston strong <laughs> boston strong uh, all right, everybody. Good luck this weekend. Uh, hit us up if you want to play Starting Eleven. Uh, find us on uh, Twitter. We're uh, twitter.com slash hailcheaters. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a review if you like the podcast. We really appreciate that. And Josh, help me name my team. The Flint City Patriots <laughs> yeah. are, are going to be retired. Team. They're going to the Hall of name Fame. Name that team. Name that team. All right, B. Yep. Have fun in New Orleans. Okay. Good luck, everyone. Bye. Yeah. Bye.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.